This episode is brought to you by Brothers and Bonds Co. With an expertly curated line of Masonic apparel, gifts, and accessories, we're excited to show you what makes us uniquely Brothers and Bonds. As a listener of this podcast, we're offering you 10% off your first order with us. Just use code TRAVELINGMAN at checkout. That's uppercase, all one word, T-R-A-V-E-L-I-N-G-M-A-N. Be sure to find us on Instagram or at brothersandbonds.com. Hello, welcome to episode 51 of the Traveling Man Masonic Podcast here in the 24th District of Ohio, a podcast where we discuss our Masonic journeys, thoughts, families, life, connections made through the craft, and so much more. I'm your host, Warsaw Brother Jim Hall. On today's show, we will feature Wright Warsaw Brother Keith Manbeck, Grand Tyler of the Grand Lodge of Ohio. The opinions discussed on this podcast are those of the individual and do not represent the views of Grand Lodge or any other Masonic body. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Before we start the show, we just want to give a huge shout out to Warsaw Brother Danny Cohen from Forest City Lodge number 388 in Lynnhurst, Ohio. If you noticed on the show, we started with a new theme song, and Worship Brother Cohen was gracious enough to put that together for us. He is a musician, and he is really talented, so thanks again, Danny. I really appreciate it. Okay, we are here on episode 51 of the Traveling Man Masonic Podcast, and we have Wright Worshipful Brother Keith Manbeck on the show. Keith, thanks for coming on today. Absolutely, Jim. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. Keith, for everyone that doesn't know, is the current Grand Tyler of the Grand Lodge of Ohio. Keith, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do, and what you get into? Well, I'm actually uh, retired. Uh, retired back in uh, March of this year. Okay, so, awesome. Uh, in, enjoying retired life. I spent most of my working life in the uh, green industry. Uh, growing plants, trees, things like that, and selling those. Sure. And I uh, spent the last three years of my working career working with adults with disabilities. Wow. So, um, live in New Knoxville, Ohio, which is a thriving metropolis about 25 miles south of Lima. Okay. Uh, so we're over on the west, west side of the state. Um, married, uh, my wonderful wife, Carrie, who we actually went to uh, school together nice. and uh, dated in high school and went our separate ways and 40 some odd years later, found ourselves back together again. So um, uh, have uh, two stepchildren, uh, Tom and Sarah. Uh, I had two children, uh, Aaron and Cody, and we have, gosh, 12 grandchildren. I saw that. Yeah. A whole slew of yeah. them. whole slew of them. Keeps yeah. us on our toes. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I love it. Good. I was just going to say, hobbies-wise, uh, Carrie and I love to camp. Um, okay. So we we normally spend our summers out, out in our camper traveling about. Sure. And I'm also a huge open-wheel racing fan. So we uh, travel to some of the IndyCar races throughout the year. Oh, okay. Awesome. 
I, I too went to school with my wife, Bree. We did not date in high school. We actually didn't talk at all, which is, you know, our, our school had about a hundred kids in each class and we did not speak whatsoever. So may, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's why it works now. <laughs> that could be, that could be. So Masonically, Mm -hmm. when did you get into the craft how did you get into the craft did you was it something where you had family members that were kind of egging you on or or was it uh you know you just had a curiosity because you saw the symbol everywhere well actually at the age of 13 um i was a charter member of wapaw chapter order of demolay wow okay. which was yep was located in wapakoneta ohio um so I had exposure. My father and my grandfather and my uncle were all Masons. Sure. Uh, but my exposure started in, in Demolay, and that was a great experience. Uh, you know, met uh, Most Worshipful Brother Krekus. Uh, I knew him as Dad Krekus at that time. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of positive influences through Demolay. Um I majorityed out at 21. Sure. And um, I actually, after I graduated from college, I lived, went, moved to Oregon and lived in Oregon for a year and a half. Wow. Out okay. there. So I did not make that immediate jump right to, right to Blue Lodge. Okay. Um, I re returned home from Oregon. I went to work at the family business and um, my father kind of nudged me saying, I think it's about time. <laughs> sure. So, uh, yeah, I petitioned uh, Mercer Lodge, which was the home lodge to my my dad. Yeah. Um, and uh, was actually, I was uh, raised on past master night, uh, which was quite the experience. Uh, all of the, all of the stations were taken by the past masters. And at that time they, they enjoyed, uh, um, the ruffians, let's just say. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was a me memorable experience. So, sure. uh, yeah. But I was actually raised by my father and my grandfather. Wow, what an experience! So, yeah, it was. You know, I didn't realize it then, but now looking back, that was special. Yeah, yeah. Was you know, a lot of people a lot of members that have family members, you know, fathers, grandfathers, mm -hmm. they were kind of quiet about masonry. Was, was that something in your house where, you know, dad, you saw the suit come on, but you didn't really hear about it. And and did you maybe get a little different idea of it because of Demolay? Um, I think I got a little different idea of it uh, being a member of Demolay. But even before that, I remember going to, uh, uh, Christmas parties at sure. the lodge, and so that you know, dad was dad was active in the lodge, even being part of the family business. And, and I had friends in school um, that their parents, that their father were were Mason. So I, you know, dad dad was very open about it. Grandpa, on the other hand, he was he was kind of that old school. Um, sure. I do, and I actually I actually still have an ashtray of his. That was okay. in his office, you know, back when everybody when everybody partook of the uh, the tobacco products. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a Shriners. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, ashtray. So you know, just seeing that, and I you know, 
being a curious kid, hey, Grandpa, what's that? So he'd tell me about it. Oh, that's grandpa nice. was act Yeah, Grandpa was actually raised um, in uh, Joppa Lodge 666, which was over in the Akron Canton area. So okay. over in your neck of the woods. Yeah, um, not too far. He was a uh, uh, an employee of Goodyear. And Goodyear opened a plant yes. here in St. Mary's. And Grandpa transferred from St. Mary's or from from Akron to here. So that's how Dad's side of the family got got moved here. So yeah, yeah, I love it. And you know what I love, even you know, with your father, that you were around masonry. You know, those mm -hmm. Christmas parties, those things that you know. Maybe he's not saying, "Hey, Keith, join masonry," but he's putting it on the plate right there for you. You know, I. I really like that. And I appreciate that, especially as a father with young kids and yeah. not wanting to impose my will on them, but to give them the opportunity. It's nice to see that people at, at that time were still doing that when we weren't as loud about masonry as some of us are. <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, that was back in the, you know, in the days where it wasn't, we weren't, as boisterous about the things that we do sure um, and who we are so yeah yep so give me a little backstory on your home lodge do you have any plural lodges master of that lodge give me a little backstory on your blue lodge just a little bit so uh my home lodge is mercial lodge number 121 which is actually located in saint mary's ohio in Auglaize county um, okay at the time at the time the lodge was chartered, which was, I believe, 178 years ago, wow. um, it was part of Mercer County, Ohio. So okay. that's where the name came from. Um, but it is actually older. The lodge is older than the county is. So, wow. Um, yep. Uh, was raised there. Um, I was at that point in time we were fortunate to have a lot of brethren that were very active okay. so I wasn't one of those uh members that was raised and then hey you want to sit at a steward chair you know, <laughs> sure. that was yeah went went for a good number of years without just attending meetings when I could I uh, had a young family so you know how that goes oh yeah um, oh yeah yep and uh so I actually started as senior steward and progressed all the way through the line. Okay. Um, I've actually held every office in the chapter except for uh, Tyler and Treasure. So, oh, okay. Uh, yep. Uh, my first year as Worshipful Master, I believe, was, hang on, it was in 1994. I served okay. as Worshipful Master for the first time. Um, and I have served three other terms since as Worshipful Master over the 38, 39 years that I've been a Mason. Awesome. I was in fourth grade in 1994. Sorry to <laughs> sorry to be that guy. <laughs> well, I, 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 ha, I have to chuckle as I get close. You know, one of the great things about being a, a deputy is you get to present service awards. Sure. And so uh, I had a deputy who is, he's a younger, younger brother. And, uh, he was presenting a 50 year award the other night. And he, he presented that and he said, just so you know, you've been a member longer than I've been alive. So <laughs> I, uh, 
I get that. But yeah, thanks, you. Yeah, nice. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I see you got a, you have a plural lodge here. How did the I'm always interested with plural lodges, how they come about, whether, you know, it was just closed or you had friends or, you know, how do those work? Because I haven't, I've kicked around a couple and just, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a dues card or a <laughs> another night out, I just haven't yep. pulled the trigger, you know? Yep. Well, Salina, I'm a plural member of Salina Lodge number 241, which sure. is actually just, just across the lake from, from Mercer Lodge. Okay. Um, I've been a plural member there, I believe, four or five years now. Okay. Um, I knew a good number of the brethren uh, from Salina Lodge. Our, our York Rite bodies um, encompass kind of the fourth, part of the fourth district, part of the 10th district. Sure. So I was real, fami real familiar with, with the brethren there. And I petitioned there and I loved not that I don't like to go to my, my home lodge, I do, but I like to go to Salina Lodge because I can go and just sit and be a, be a guy on the sidelines. Yes. I, I don't have to have all the answers. You know, I can just, I can go <laughs> yes. and be one of the brothers. So exactly. That's, yep. That's the reason why. You know, and, and the backup, I, I, once again, I overload my mouth and I start, start thinking here, you know, you talked about your, um, officer lodge at Mer or your officer line at Mercer mm -hmm. and how you had a bunch of active guys and you couldn't just jump right in and you know not every lodge is privy to have that situation but I really like when you have those active guys where you almost have to jockey a little bit to get in line like that that's a great thing that's a good thing that your lodge has that and there are lodges across the state that are doing that. So that's exciting. I'm glad to hear that because yep. how many times do you get raised in return and say, Hey, we have this seat right here. Let me put this jewel on you and, and you're off. So. Yep. Yep. But it, it, it was at that time, you know, that you learned charges, you know, you earned the, learned the apron lecture um, you started on a lecture. I actually learned the Master Mason lecture before I was an officer. Wow. So, you know, it, it, in retrospect, it was, it was great to have yeah. that opportunity to learn the, to learn the ritual work. Absolutely. Um, before you got kind of thrown in and, and yeah, yeah. Had to tread water. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Get a little confidence under you. You know, you can do this type of thing. Yep. So how about appended bodies? Are you, I, I know you are because I'm looking at the list, but <laughs> everybody else doesn't. So let, let us hear, you know, what you do outside of Blue Lodge. I am a uh, member of St. Mary's chapter, number 51. I'm a past high priest there. Uh, St. Mary's council, number 81, a past illustrious master several times for both of those York Rite bodies. I'm a member of Sydney Commandery, number 46, and I was fortunate to serve as uh, eminent commander there. Uh, I am a member of Irish Council of uh, Knight Masons, um, Ohio Priory, number 18, Knight of York Cross of Honor. Uh, I am a member of the Ancient Accepted Scottish Rite, Valley of Dayton. I served in the Sovereign Prince line, uh, 
fortunate and honored to have been coronated the 33rd um, there. I am a uh, past sovereign master of Buckeye Council number 92 AMD, which I heard you recently were asked to become a member of. Yes. So congrats. Thank you. Anxiously yeah. waiting, you know, that quarterly meeting. So I, the guy said, you know, just sit back till February. So now I'm just sitting here like, all right, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're one of those that's real good at sitting and wait. <laughs> yeah, <So>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I also, uh, Holy Grail Conclave, Red Cross Constantine. I am a member of that, meets down in Dayton, and also a member of the Royal Schofield Society. Uh, uh, I am actually uh, Master of the Craft number 28. So, 28. which is, yeah. Yeah. Ne next time, now that we know, just say all. <laughs> and then <laughs> sa save a breath. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. And, yeah. Then, and you know the nice thing when when I send out, and this is for everyone listening out here, it's a little bit of the how I do the back end of the show. When I send show notes to the guest, it's a rough outline. And then the guest usually puts their little, you know, doodads into what they want to say. I'll glance over it, but I, I don't study it so I know everything. I want to have a kind of idea. But I just I glanced over them, I didn't read them. So I'm just enjoying and learning like, wow, you know, I didn't, didn't really look at every single one and almost every one of those, you know, you're, it's not like myself, not that, you know, dues paying member is bad, but you really involved in every one, you know, went through a lot of those lines. How, how, how were you able to juggle all of that? You know, because obviously so they were spread. Yeah, they were they were kind of spread out over over a good number of years. I uh, I the first dependent body that I joined was actually uh, Scottish Rite, um, but I was not active in Scottish Rite. I was one of those dues paying members. So sure. you know, went to the reunions when I had time. Uh, the first dependent body that I was actually a presiding of was the uh, chapter. And uh, so I did that. And once I finished with chapter, I joined council and I went through the line in council and then I joined commander. Um, so, you know, it's not the thing I tell young Masons when they want to be involved in everything is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, is find your place. You know, find find what makes you happy and then focus your efforts there. Don't try to be everything to everybody all at one time because you're just, it's hard to serve in all those lines and give everything to everybody right. all at once. So that would be one of my, my tokens of wisdom is, you know, find that place that makes you happy. Whether it's your York right bodies, your Scottish right, uh, whatever it may be, find that and focus your efforts there until you have achieved what you'd like to achieve in that area. You know that that's like a, a solid gold nugget because I'm kind of in the in that stage right now and learning that you know coming out of the East in '19 and and by that point I've I'm a member of. Scottish Rite, York Rite, Shrine, you know, because I, I'm excited about masonry and I want to 
I want to be involved in all those other aspects, but I can't, I've had opportunities to mm-hmm. join, uh, you know, different line of Scottish, right. And then York, right. We have a few guys that are moving in that direction from our lodge and then shrine. We have a few directors, directors that just got elected. And, you know, for me, it's like, all everybody's doing this stuff and I'm not, so I'm, I'm getting jittery. Like I want to join, you know, but, but that, you know, like you said, especially now as DEO, I've really looked at like, okay, where can I plug this in? When can I plug this in? And that's where I've looked at some of those other things, the York rights and the Scottish rights and said, you know what, maybe after that district journey is over, we could plug into those and do a little more. And it hurts my heart because I do want to have my fingers in everything at once. That's just how I am. But, but you're right. You can't, I found myself now just doing everything it's like there are times when it's you can spread yourself super thin super fast masons don't say no well <laughs> yeah that's uh i used to have a, a little button that said just say no um i don't know whatever happened to it but evidently i lost it somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, I hear you i need a few of those my wife yes. has, i think my wife has one she got a... yeah. <laughs> You've went through a ton of appendant body lines. You've went through your Blue Lodge line. How was the next step? You know, because I know myself, I got a call from my district advisor. I had no clue that that call was coming. Give me that scenario. Was that a DEO, a district deputy call? How did that happen? Um, It was, I had finished with, all of my other appendant bodies except for AMD um, at that point. And I received a call from the uh, district advisor and said, hey, like to meet you for dinner one night. So went and, you know, totally out of the blue, not expected. Um, and he asked me to be DEO. So I, I agreed to do that and uh, served my term as DEO. And I, I will also say, you know, when we talk about honors and things like that, you know, 33rd KYCH, I never wish to do anything more than become master of my lodge. Yeah. Everything that has ever happened after that has been, has been a bonus. You know, I, it's not, you know, not like I was raised and said, hey, someday I'd like to be a 33rd or a KYCH. So, right. You know, and, and you've been in that situation, too. You just sure. you're totally honored when the when the opportunity arises. So, yep. Yeah, that it's you hit it right on the head. Never expected just the love of the craft and, you know. You know, I don't I didn't travel to those lodges because I thought, man, one day I'll get a jewel. I just traveled to those lodges because I love the guys and I love the experience and the, the teachings that we get from it. And you're right. Everything else is a blessing. Absolutely. Um, so. Give me a little district history real quick, and then we'll go into some of your thoughts and feelings on that. What what have you done in your district Obviously, you started D, DEO. Did you follow that chain up? Yep. How does that chain work? So, some some districts, you don't necessarily 
you know, you get the three years DEO and then you roll right in. Sometimes you don't. So let, let's hear a little bit of that. I, uh, I actually was only DEO for one year. Um, we had okay. a vacancy um, and I received a call the following year. Again, totally out of the blue. I never had any thoughts. You know, I was going to serve my three years as DEO. And if that was all there was, I was going to be happy with that. Sure. Um, but I was asked uh, by Right Worship Brother Tim Jolliffe at the time, who was our district advisor, okay. uh, to serve as district district deputy. Okay. Um, so I did serve three years as district deputy. Um, and I actually went out uh, the year of Most Worship Brother Reigns uh, down yes. in Marietta was my, my last year. Sure. And at that point... Um, Right where for Brother Tim Laramore was our district advisor. Um, and most worship Brother Reigns asked him to uh, be in charge of the uh, uh, Masonic Model Student Assistance Program. Yes. And so Tim moved out of the district advisor position. And again, I got a phone call from most worship Brother Reigns and said, hey, would you serve as our as district advisor for the 10th district, which I, to this day, I continue to be. Okay. So that's kind of the way my, my district leadership has gone. Sure. How about some of the ups and downs of, and of each position since you've been through the deputy and you're currently advisor, you know, what, what are some things you like, some things that are kind of on the edge of, you know, some of the things you don't see all the time when you're sitting on a sideline in Blue Lodge. <laughs> I think DEO is, you know, that's, that is an amazing opportunity because you go into a lodge as a DEO and you're there to help the lodge. Sure. You're there to offer any, not any kind of help that you can with our education program. So you're, you're more of a of a guidance, put it in a school term, a guidance counselor type position. Sure, absolutely. So um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my one year as DEO. Um, district deputy, and I say this with all seriousness, the two best days of a district deputy's um, term is the day he is... Um, the day at Grand Lodge where he gets called up and gets his commission and the day that his partner takes over. His, yeah. his, his <laughs> yes. um, their district deputy is it's a whole different uh, whole different mindset. Not that really it should be because the deputy is always there to help. Sure. But you know, they they talk in the lecture about the purple of the fraternity resting upon your honored shoulders. Sure. And when I when that jewel goes on, there is weight there. Sure. Um, and it's it's because you are the official representative of the Grand Master in your district. Right. And there are there will be times where people will just see how far you know you can you can they be can, pushed. Sure, sure. And those Times are very few and far between, but they do happen. And I always, I always tell the district deputies when they go in, you know, don't take it personally. 
because it's not it's not a personal thing right um, it wouldn't matter who's there they're you know they're going to push either way yep sure yep and the other thing i always ask my deputies to do is if you aren't sure of an answer don't give an answer if somebody yes. asks you a question an acceptable answer is i don't know but i'll get back to you sure and that is an important thing to learn because, again, you are the representative of the grandmaster, right? So once you give once you give an answer, that's it. You know that's what the answer is. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, district, go ahead. Yeah. No that that was it. I was just going to ask how how about district advisor? What's because obviously now you're you're in a role, but. It, you know, it's kind of a, it's a funny thing, especially when you have a district advisor in the, in a lodge, you know, the deputies there. And I know from sitting back into the, uh, our district meetings with our DEOs, deputies and our uh, advisor, you know, everybody talks and then we all turn to look to the advisor to see what he, you know, see what he says. And you know, we have uh, right worship brother Jim Cardling, and he is very open to. I'm just the advisor. I'm here to help you guys. You know, the deputies make the decisions. DEOs help, and but it's funny how everyone says everything, and then I'll look at Jim. <laughs> so is that kind of the feel there, or how how do you guys function down there? I I would say in the end maybe it is. Um, I if I'm always here for my deputies and my DEOs. Sure. Um, you know, if they have questions, it's there's an open line of communication there. I I look at my position as I am the advisor to them. Um, okay. If a deputy calls me with a or a DEO calls me with a question, ninety nine percent of the time my answer is, "What would you do?" Sure, just reassurance. Yeah. Let Let me. What would you do? And you know if if their answer is in line with the grandmaster's directives and the code, you know, that's, that's their decision to make. So I, I look at myself, I, I'm an advisor to, to the deputies and the DEOs. Do they look to me for advice? Yes. And if they outright ask me for my advice, I will, I will give it. But a lot of times, you know, if they have a code question, my answer is, well, did you pick up your code? Sure. What do you think? What do you think the code says? Because as we, as you and I both know, the code is open to interpretation. Yes. Not, not everything is written out line by line by line. Right. And so I always like to make sure that they've done their homework ahead of time. And, and you know, that way we can have an open, open discussion. About it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Now, now one of the things, and I don't, I can't remember if I've asked this or not. I don't believe I have. So now you get to be the guy that calls or visits these new DEOs or deputies when you're asking them to become one. And I know myself, if I was that guy, I would be so giddy to tell them I'd probably screw it all up. So how how is that process of, you know, do you have a big setup? Do you, <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of how I would do that and if I would end up screwing up and letting the cat out of the bag too early. <laughs> well, you know, I we tend to have 
the way our district works is we have a past deputies association. Okay. So um, they typically meet in end of February, first part of March, because the way our we have two DEOs, two deputies, and every year we have somebody finishing up a term. So sure, I I look to them for guidance. Okay, and I ask them for to give me three names to choose from. Sure. So, excuse me. Um, so I normally, as soon as I have those three names, I usually take a bit of time and ponder on it. Right. Think about it. Right. Sure. Um, especially if I, if it's somebody that I don't know real well, and our district isn't that big. But, you know, there's still those brothers out there that, that I may not know on a personal basis. Right. Um, so, so I like to think about it. And then I normally order those people in my mind. And um, I start making some phone calls and setting up time to talk uh, with the deputy. Um, you know, there is a portion of code where it lists out the, uh, the duties of a district deputy. Right. And so I will ask the person that I'm talking to, have you read this section of the code? Okay. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's kind of like, yeah, light, light, bulb. light bulb. Hopefully it's a light bulb. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully if it's not a light bulb, then maybe, maybe I need to reconsider. But, um, you know, and I, I always ask that person to, you know, a, I don't want a decision right away. Sure. I want them to think about it. I try and be as honest as I can with the expectations. Um, sure. I think I think we've probably all been in that point where, oh, it's just a couple of meetings a year. And, you know, it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I hear the chuckle. Um, so I always try and be honest, honest with them about that. And the other thing is I want them to talk to their family yes. because it is it is a time commitment. It's sure. not something that you can just jump in and and do right. uh, without the without the blessing and support of your family. I'm I'm truly blessed at this uh, point in time. You know, Carrie Carrie is a very outgoing person as well and loves to go out and meet people. So she travels with me just about everywhere I go. Um, but you know that's kind of the way I handle it. And I give them, you know, a week or so to, to mull it over. Um, I do ask them to keep it to themselves. Sure. Um, you know, I'll give them a person or two, a past deputy or a past DEO that, you know, they can go talk to um, who I know will also keep it confidential. And, right. And so that's, that's kind of the process I go through. But, you know, I really like, how you make it a point to say, hey, keep this to yourself. And because there are situations where, you know, you talk to family members or whatever, or something's going on, you have kids in sports or whatever that may be, where it's like, may maybe this isn't the time. I'm not ready. And I know if I was ever asked to serve in whatever fashion, and then I know that John Doe was asked before me, then I'd be like, oh, I was second fiddle. Not not that it makes the position any different, but you know what that means. You would never want that feeling to 
be right. on somebody else. Um, yeah. Well, and, and another thing I always, you know, if somebody, if somebody is on the fence and they say, gosh, you know, right now I've, I've just got too many irons in the fire. I need to pass. The other thing I will tell them is that's a hundred percent fine. And that doesn't mean that you won't be asked. Either. Sure. So I don't want, I don't want somebody to, to be in a situation where they're, gosh, I really want to do it, but I don't know if I can juggle it all, but it's never going to come around again. Right. So I, I really do, you know, I try to be pretty much an open book with everybody. Yeah. And, and that's, that is a big thing because I know that was a thought that went through my head when Bree and I sat down with the DEO It's like, well, would I be asked again? And not that our district deputy or our district advisor laid everything out to me. It's not like he didn't say that, but it, you know, it's still a thought that came up in my head and granted I had enough time and Bree knows that she knows <laughs> she, she's like, listen, I would rather you out there talk to them. And then instead of here telling me the same stories over and over, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about in the district, and I guess this is actually moving out of the district you're currently serving is the grand lodge of Ohio's grand Tyler. And <clears throat> for me, you know, we we've known each other through the Royal Schofield Society yeah. and and just my availability on the back end of our system. I saw this because I'm, you know, getting everything prepped to post for Grand Lodge. That's one of my right. duties. And I tried to not look into that stuff because I wanted it to be a surprise for me, too. But I saw your name. I was so excited for you. Give me a little backstory on how that call went or what, you know, what did Steve do? How did, how did it work? So we had our, uh, our grandmaster's reception. We actually combined with the fourth district, the fourth and 10th district go together. Okay. Um, and we have that, uh, it's normally the last weekend of February. Sure. Um, so last February, uh, we, you know, had the reception that evening. We were, and I, I, been blessed to know a lot of the Grand Lodge officers, you know, as they progressed. Right. So Carrie and I were, we were having, uh, having some social time with the Grand Lodge officers and, and sure. um, decided we'd had a, enough of an evening and headed up to the room. And I got a text from uh, most worshipful brother Grindle wanting to know if Carrie and I could meet he and Jane Ann for breakfast the next morning, Bob Evans. Sure. Um, yeah, why not? Right. You know, we've done that before with with Grand Lodge officers. No big deal. So we uh, got up on Sunday morning and went to Bob Evans and we had breakfast and talked for uh, hour, hour and twenty minutes. And all of a sudden, Steve dropped the bomb. Uh -huh. and, <laughs> and I was a hundred percent absolutely speechless. Um, I oh. had had no idea um it just i was totally floored you know yeah what do you say right um so uh i i never would have dreamed that that i would have had this opportunity so how how long did it take you before you got back to steve um i would say it took carrie and i we talked on the way home and 
and we had some family obligations later that day. So we talked pretty, pretty heavily about it for about three days. Okay. And um, I gave most worship brother Grendel a call, told him that we, and, and they, he and lady Jane Ann asked Carrie and I to join them on the, their journey. Yeah. That's um, amazing. Because, you know, the, the, the level of, of commitment it takes at, at a Grand Lodge level, you really, really need to have the support of your family. Sure. So, yeah. and so I called him back and uh, we accepted it and started on the train ride. Now, from that point where you say yes to the point where you're installed, you know, obviously there's, you know, you don't get asked the day before the installation. No. How how do you walk around and not have cramps in your cheeks from smiling? Right? Uh, it, it's hard. It really is. Um, you know, it, and the other thing Carrie and I did is we talked to our family. Sure. Um, uh, but we asked them to, you know, keep it, keep it to themselves. Right. Um, but it's hard. And you know, you always have, there's always somebody that's out there poking the bushes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and to be able to keep that blank look and say, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, right. it's, it is, it is hard. And you really, you know, you really do want to let people know, but you know, it's one of those things you're asked not to do. And, sure. you know, to keep that to yourself for, gosh, what, six months, seven months? Yeah. That's that's a tough thing to do. And even, you know, even when you go to uh, the annual communication, two days before you've got people poking the bush. Yeah, sure. Well, I heard. I don't know where you heard that at. <laughs> right, right. They're just so, trying to get the word out of you, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, the thing, you know, why I ask that is, you know, districts don't have grand line officers sometimes for quite a while. I know um, the 24th hasn't had one since, you know, most worship brother Kevin Todd, obviously. And then we had, you know, our grand chaplain and grand Tyler from there. But, you know, that's been 10 years, you know, 11 years, almost 11 years. Um, so that's the sort of thing that to be asked that, you know, it's a very, it's something that you're proud of. And it's not, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not obviously on that level, but I would think it's where I'm, where I'm at. I'll say where I'm at at DEO. Mm -hmm. Jim Hall didn't just get me there. You know what I mean? It was right. everybody from East Palestine Lodge that made an impact on me and Perry Lodge and Negley Lodge and all of those guys that formed me along the way. So when I'm representing them just in my facet, that's a little bit of them is with me. And I'm proud to be part of that district and those guys. So that would be, that'd be a tough task. <laughs> I'd, well, I'd, yeah, you're exactly right. Everybody that you meet in your Masonic journey has an impact on, on your Masonic career, whether that's a positive impact or a not so positive impact. Sure. Um, and you always want to make those people proud that they knew you. 
you don't, you know, you never want to, you never want to make that misstep where, you know, that's right. You're going to disappoint somebody. So, yep. Exactly. Exactly. I know we're early into the year as a Grand Lodge officer, but is it more or less than what you expected? Is it really, you know, as you know, as most of Brother Grindle laid out to you, is it pretty much, yeah, that's what we're expecting? Or is it really a, oh my God, eye-opening ride? Hi, this is Jim Hall, host of the Traveling Man Masonic Podcast. I'd like to personally invite you to check out Brothers and Bonds Co., our sponsor and houser of our merchandise line. Go over and check out all the cool things they have for the Traveling Man Masonic Podcast. Thank you, and back to the show. Yes to both. Um, it is uh, pretty much what Most Worship Brother Grindle said, and I will also credit uh, Right Worship Brother McCandlish, Fisher, and Weber. Uh, uh -huh. Set down with uh, Right Worship Brother Syme, uh, uh, and uh, Mark, uh, Worship Brother Mark Harris, and myself at Grand Lodge. Sure. And said, "Okay, guys, this is really what it's all about." So I gave I give them credit, um, but it is even at, after having been a district advisor, it's very very eye-opening to see the back end of Grand Lodge. Sure. Just, you know, you, you don't realize everything that happens that, you know, everything that goes into place to make things happen. Right. Uh, it, at times it's like trying to sip from a fire hose. Um, <laughs> right. But I, you know, everybody, everybody has been so gracious uh, with their time and, to explain to us the whys and the what fors and and guide us along the way. Um, we're actually just starting to get into the really busy season for the Grand Lodge officers with uh, starting with the receptions in Florida. Um, and then, you know, we're back. We have the 8th District Education Day. And the following weekend, the reception starts. So we yeah. have, um, that's, we're excited. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a great time. Yeah, it's a. It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Well, and, and you know, as a as a one year appointee, um, the Grand Tyler and Grand Grand Chaplain are are one year appointed appointments in the Grand Lodge. Sure. Line. So it's as I've explained to some folks, it's kind of a double edged sword. You know, you right. really try and do as much as you can. Sure. Because it's only a year. Yeah, soak it all up. Yeah. And, you know, you you don't have the opportunity to say, well, I'll do that next year. Right. So it is, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. We've, we've enjoyed the ride so far, and I'm sure it'll be great. Come next October, we'll be, we'll be, uh, we'll be there. And, you know, it'll yeah. have been a great ride. Yeah, yeah. So something that, you know, kind of tied our paths together is <laughs> the Royal Schofield Society. And we've, yes. we've brought it up a couple of times on the show for everyone that is not informed. The Royal Schofield Society is one of the premier educational units of the Grand Lodge of Ohio. There mm -hmm. are multiple steps you have to go through, uh, multiple things you have to do, whether that's traveling, um, reading of books, 
um, a lot of different things like that. And then it, your capstone is your masterpiece. Very hard to get in out of almost 70,000 Masons in Ohio. I believe we're at 41 or 43. I don't know off the top of my head. Only, mm -hmm. be, only because since our last induction, we've had a few guys give their masterpieces and have attained and will be inducted in our next um, induction ceremony. Give me a little bit of why you started that journey, because that's everybody's reasoning is a little different. You know, mine was, hey, it's it's something new that I'm not a part of. I should do that. And then I kind of learned along the way what it was about. You know, it was a little different journey for each one. Yours being a little later on, you know, we've kind of been established a little bit. The, mm -hmm. the guidelines are less gray and kind of getting a little more black and white, you know as regents come into their own and figure out how we're reading papers, scoring papers. So give me that. What, what brought you to the Schofield Society? Well, Royal Schofield did. Um, back in the day when I was a junior officer, okay. um, I did, was it called the tell program at that time where you took the, you took, it was a handwritten um, and you sent it off to most work for brother Schofield and it came back with red ink sure. all over it. Yep. Well, you ought to look at this. I did that back, okay. you know, early in my Masonic career. And, um, so the name intrigued me and I thought I was, I was done as deputy at that time as district advisor. Uh, I thought, well, let's, let's give this a shot. Sure. So, um, I did. Uh, I talked to Most Worship Brother Murphy about it, Charlie Murphy, um, a little bit, and got involved. Um, the first two uh, sections of the Schofield Society, I think I completed in about a week and a half. Sure. Yeah. Pre-COVID. Yes. That's yes. easier to do that then. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I, I got through those, and then... Uh, had some things happen in my life that I needed to step away. Okay. My daughter was diagnosed with cancer. Oh my. So okay. I needed time. Yeah. Yeah. Family and, uh, is more important. So um, I left it lay for probably about nine months. Okay. Um, and then, you know, we were in the middle of COVID. So traveling was difficult. I got most of the writing things done. Sure. Um, in the master of the craft section. And uh, I also need to thank Right Worship Brother Chad Kapinski for his guidance. Um, because without that, I would have probably not made it through my master of the craft. Sure. I'm, I'm glad that you brought him up because I did not bring him up or um, Brother Jason Laramie last episode. And I, and I heard from their lawyer... <laughs> Most worshipful brother Jess Rains that now, now there's a pending charge. <laughs> so uh, thank you for taking that off my plate. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. anyways. So anyways, I got through it and you know I had some uh the the traveling. Um I actually at that point um the regents opened up traveling outside of your district to allow virtual meetings. Yes. So I was able to a, attend a meeting of the of the Grand Lodge of Turkey. Wow. Okay. And it was Right Worshipful Brother Herbert. 
Yes, he was he presenting. Said. Yes, yes. Yes. And he presented on the uh, masonry in the prisoner of war camps in World War II sure. in Nazi Germany. So I will say, you know, that was an opportunity I never, ever would have had right. to sit and listen and very educational experience. So I got through the traveling once our, our COVID restrictions were listed. I uh, got through most of those. And it came down to my masterpiece. And, you know, that that was a hard one to decide on. You There aren't many guidelines. Yes, it is tough. And not being a member of the society, you haven't heard what other people's masterpieces are. Right. So um, I, my uh, business career, being in the horticulture industry, I had decided to do the acacia. Yes, I love it. So that was where it started. And uh, after Aaron passed, um, that became even more important. Sure. Um, and so I was able to tie it all together. Yeah. It was also a um, helped with the healing, I guess, of losing you know, yeah. losing my daughter. And uh, so it was good in the end. So, you know, I, I, I had not been able to make it to the masterpiece presentation and just the little excerpt you gave when we were at the induction, you know, just, it just moved everyone to tears. And it's, I, I can't even imagine yep. losing it, you know, and, you know, mine are so small, but at, at any point, but that, you know, maybe a little bit of this helped you through that process. You know, I'm glad that it was here for that. And I'm glad that it all in some sense worked out. I don't want to say that, you know, but it was there, oh. it was there in a, in a time that you needed it. And, it absolutely all, it all came together so uh, it did it did and i was able to tie you know uh my father and my grandfather into the end of the masterpiece as well so yeah um, it was it was uh i will say the schofield society it, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful opportunity um to learn about yourself yes absolutely it's not it's it's not so much about learning, uh, learning about our craft, but I would say it's more about applying our craft to ourselves. Yes, as well said. And and that is, you know, to me that was that had a lot of meaning. I I when people ask me about it, I tend to um, revert to the principles proficiencies, which. Yeah. That's where for Brother Shao uh, enabled. Sure. And I love the principal proficiencies because it allows people to apply the knowledge they've learned to their daily lives. Yeah. I went through the old-fashioned way. I did the long form. You know, you learn it. You, <laughs> sure, repeat you get, it. You yeah, get exactly. It back. And if you don't internalize it, you know, you're just repeating words. So I... To me, that was the, the 
benefit of of RSS is just being able to really sit down. You know, the working tools. What do they mean in your daily life? Yeah, you don't you don't think about that all the time, which is right. No. So that was that's probably the biggest benefit to me of the society. Sure, and I. And I, I don't mean to demean any of the other honors or awards or things that I've been given throughout my career, but this one actually means the most to me. Sure. I, it was something I did on my own. Yeah. Absolutely. I wasn't, I wasn't nominated. I wasn't, you know, asked or, you know, had to be guided through channels to achieve something. This was something I did on my own. And yeah. I proudly, I proudly wear my, uh, my Schofield Society medallion. Absolutely. I, I, I have actually worn it with my uh, Grand Tyler jewel as well. So. I, I was just going to bring that up. I was, I made sure I snatched that picture and used it for our Schofield socials. I'm like, that's a pretty cool picture to, you know, have on there. So the first. Yep, and I, I just want to say thank you to most worshipful brother Grendel for, for allowing me to do that. So. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. And you know, the thing that you hit on along the way there, um, the masterpiece is very hard to pick what you're going to do. It I uh, I was sort of the, I was full steam ahead, you know, just boom, 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 knocking these things off and waiting for Charlie to green light my grand view. And, you know, every two minutes looking, I'm like, well, what's he doing? He should just click the button. Now I know that that takes more process than just clicking the button, but you know, I got to that last step and it was like, everything came to a screeching halt. And I'm like, Oh my God, what, what am I going to, you know, I don't what one gentleman built a clock, I believe, or, you know, and he used yep. different woods and different stains and they kind of, you know, my mentor gave me, well, you can do this and that and the other thing. And, of course, at that time, once again, you know, going through in the first class, it's even more gray because the oh, regions, absolutely, you know, the regions are kind of figuring out like, what, what is this? How are we accepting this? So, and me being, I want a list of what can I do? I'm just, I know I was messaging. And at that time it was Josh Beasley and Chad Kapinski on the social media before I was it was every day I'm messaging something and then I'm getting half frustrated and it isn't anything that Chad and Josh were doing wrong. It's just my own characteristic flaws of, I want a direct line of this is what I need to do. <laughs> and, and, and that's not what it is. You no, know? it's not. And it, but I, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I had, you know, Chad and I got to that point where, where we we talked about it a little bit and and he was kind of like well gosh I don't you know I don't know if that's gonna work and so I sat down and I wrote a little blurb and I sent it to him and uh we we did a zoom sure um and uh and once I finally laid out what I really you know we talked more about it he he actually gave me the green light and uh I, I think within about three days I had finished it and sent it off and you know, yeah. had to make a, had to make a few adjustments, right. but uh, yeah, I, 
I was pleased how well it came together at the end. So sure. I I know I sat on it and sat on it and sat on it. And I think it might have been Facebook or something. It I scrolled along and some somebody posted about Harry Truman. And I was just reading through it. And I at that point I didn't realize he was a past grandmaster. And obviously President 33rd Gregorius Medal winner. And I looked at that and I'm like, wow, you know, and, and then it then the wheels, it just needed something there. But it it is very tough to not have that listed out. Yeah. You know, you talk about how proud you are of it. And I I mentioned this last, well, maybe it was last week. I can't remember. My son, in my basement, I have a shelf that I had. I cut a little piece of wood that I display my metal on. Well, at that point, as soon as I got home from that first induction, I wasn't thinking of wearing it around. You know, it was like I was displaying it, and well, now we wear it to meetings, so now it goes in my in my apron case. And my son's like, hey, dad, what's that chunk of wood you have sitting on the shelf? Like, you know, <laughs> I have a gavel and a cup and a few other things. And he's like, then there's just a piece of wood. So I took the metal out and I was explaining it to him. And he's like, why does it have a number 12 on there? Because I was the 12th member, obviously. And I told him, I'm like, you know, at the time, it's 70,000 Masons that are in Ohio. I was only the 12th person to ever be inducted into the society. And that's something that, you know, same with yours in 28, there will never be a different signer on line 28 of the Schofield Bible. It'll always be Keith Manbeck, which is something that, you know, something that that'll live on for as long as the society does. It's a very honoring thing to have. It is. Yes, yeah. very much. And, you know, one thing I I haven't pointed out before, and this is, you know, as a region and just as going through this society, I know myself, I've, I've brought up that I've had roadblocks with some of the requirements, you know, whether I was upset that they got brought back to me because that's not normally how masonry works in a sense, you know, hey, this guy's really working, we're going to He's going to continue on. And that's not the way the society set up. There's certain roles and certain things that you need to attain. And, you know, one thing I want to put out there for all the guys that may have had a paper sent back, do not take that personally because I, I did it. I know guys that I've mentored that did it. And yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, I had paper set back. Yep. It's it's a knock to your confidence. Like, hey, listen, I you know, continue on, continue through it because the juice is worth the squeeze in the end. Yep, yep. And it's a it's a very humbling experience. Yeah. You know, you you I think our personalities are a lot alike. When I, you know, you'd write something and you'd send it in, you say, Yep, I nailed it. Yeah. And it comes back and it's like, what? <laughs> right exactly so, exactly but but you know you sit back and you reflect on it and you're thinking yeah they're probably right so you you make some adjustments and and i would i would say you know i nobody was over the top 
as to what they were asking for. Yes. And it's, you're, you're definitely right. The, the juice is worth the squeeze in the end. Yeah. And, and I've had a few other people when that comes back and th this is something that sometimes it's tough to do as a guy <laughs> to, to get a hold of your mentor and say, Hey, this is what happened because that's what the mentor's for. That's Absolutely. If, if you get something turned back, whatever that may be, I want to help you send me that paper and I'll go through it too and say, Oh, okay, well, if you did this and that and whatever, you know, that's what we're here for. We want to get you moved along because you're doing this. I'm not, you're not getting paid to do this. You know, you're taking nope. your own personal time. It's a personal experience. So, you know, get a hold of that mentor. Be, I know it's sometimes as just a guy, it's tough to say, Hey, I messed up. <laughs> I got, you know, I got this turned back that knock on your confidence, but, uh, yep. but I think the other thing I'd like to add in that sometimes I get questioned about is, you know, there is a fee involved, yeah. um, to, to participate. I think it was at 30, 50, 70, yes. um, for each one of the levels. Um, but I, want everybody to understand that that fee goes to the society and when you complete your master of the craft with your medallion certificates the frames that all comes back to you yeah that's so exactly. it's not like it's it's not like grand lodge is taking <laughs> that doing something else with it, it right. stays in the society so it, look at it as an investment in yourself yes that's well put you know, you said how um, most worship brother Schofield kind of brought you to this with your experience. When I just uh, I haven't shared this story before, but when I was going through the um, through the steps to become master of the craft, I, I was talking with worship brother Terry Selby, and he's out of the Valley of Canton, Scottish, okay. Scottish right now. Uh, Royal Schofield actually was a past master or past grandmaster from the 24th district. He's a Sebring Lodge guy out towards Alliance. So he's local to us. And he said, he's like, I had an experience with uh, Royal Schofield and I thought I was going to lose my membership. I'm like, really? oh, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> okay, please, please tell. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like i just got raised and they were doing an outdoor event and he's like this guy pulls up in a big long cadillac and he's like i'm just out there checking dues cards to make sure they're master masons that's my job he's like i he's like i know nothing other than my returns he's like that's the extent of my masonic knowledge and this guy pulls up and he hands me a gold dues card because he's, you know, past grandmaster. And he's like, I denied him entrance because I thought it was fake. And he and he said, one guy came up to me, he's like, oh, no, no, you're good, go through. And he's like, I never felt so small in my life. I thought my career in masonry was over. <laughs> and, and he said that, you know, Schofield just laughed about it because he knew that obviously this guy had never seen one of those cards. So that's every time the Schofield comes up, I never got the chance to meet him, but Terry's story comes up and 
I, I've been in that situation doing dumb things like that. Like, oh my God, what am I thinking? But just the well, had, no field scoring. I had something similar to that happen at, at my home lodge. I was fortunate. Uh, Most Worship Brother Terry Posey installed me my last time as master and also as DEO and district deputy. Okay. Uh, our Tyler carded Most Worship Brother Posey to get into our lodge. <laughs> So yeah, I, I I can relate to that a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully yeah. he made it through the experience. <laughs> yeah, he did. You know, his his comment was, "Well, I don't know who you are, and it's my job to check your news cards." <laughs> yeah, hey, well, you know, that's tells you know most worshipful that he's doing his job. So that's good. absolutely, absolutely. So you know, obviously, each year society grows, and you know, sometimes that's by a lot, sometimes it's by a little, and you know, some of that obviously was COVID really kind of clamping itself around us. What are your thoughts on the society's growth? You, you know, and, and the growth for the future. How, how do you see that? How do you portray it? I, I think it's a good thing that we aren't growing exponentially. Sure. Um, it's more about the quality yes. of the work that's being done than the quantity. Um, I think, I, I really do think the society is headed in the right direction. Uh, the more uh, masters of the crap that we have to get the word out yes. to the other brethren and you know, folks like you that are, are um, praising the society and talking about it, you know, it, it raises that question amongst the other brethren. I, I, you know, we don't see into the future, um, but I would really like to think that this is a, a something that continues sure. uh, in perpetuity with the Grand Lodge of Ohio, um, because it is, it is about the personal growth of the brother. Yeah. Um, it's not so much about the Grand Lodge or, or um, anything else. It's, it's about the growth of the brethren in the fraternity. Sure. And. I just, like I said, I hope it really does continue. I think we're on the right path. Um, you know, last year we only had a few um, masters of craft, but, you know, we've had that, what, 12 the first year, but six to eight every year after that. Yeah. So, you know, if we went up to 10 or 12, I think that's fine. If we had 20, that'd be great too. But um, sure. just can, I think we just need to continue the, the way we're on uh, and the more, that it's talked about, I think the more interest there will be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, so far this year, I believe we've already had two, two complete their masters, yeah. masterpieces and all the other steps. And one other one that's getting ready to present, I believe, yes. um, you know, so that that's a good base. And the tough thing is, you know, like yourself, like myself, family things come up or, you know, my year I was, the master that year and you know i really didn't have a good direction of where i wanted to take my masterpiece now luckily that fell into line that i could do that and still finish up by the deadline for that induction but you know some of those i know guys that have missed by weeks you know they yes. just you know and we have a, a set deadline because we have to have the medals and we have to get everything prepped and sealed and you know 
we can't do that two days before, unfortunately. So right. some of those guys have to wait. So, and that may be just that general ebb and flow of membership is, you know, maybe a six and eight and the next year's a 14. So, yep. but you're right. It, it's probably better that we don't have a hundred guys the first time, because then, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's an intimate meeting, you know, it's when, when we're together like that, you know, and we have grand line there, all of us, you know, same as Mesa's, but all of us have went through the same struggles and problems and processes and, were upset and then had the, you know, jubilation of finishing it and doing it on our own, like you said, you know, so. And I think you brought up the point that it's, it's important for the society that the Grand Lodge line believes in the society. I mean, they, they come and spend the morning out of their busy annual communication time with the members of the society. And that, it, to me, that meant a lot that they they were willing to invest their time into the society. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I, and I think that that continues to grow. You know, as the society grows, I know we have you know Grand Lodge officers that are working through that, and obviously they have a lot on their plate, so they don't don't have a lot of downtime. But and no. and, and that's the society has worked better to try to keep that meeting to where they can be involved and kind of wrap everything up before they have to leave for their meetings for the rest of the day. The first, the first few times it was kind of hectic. We had this grand, you know, a table lodge and everything planned out. And by the time we did our presentations, they had had to leave because they have their committee meetings in the afternoon and we didn't yep. know that. So it's a work in process always, you know, very fluid. So masonry in general, and everybody, I like to ask this, a most memorable moment. Do you have one? There may be a couple that just right out of your head that these are the ones, the special things. Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, being raised by my father and grandfather, as I look back, sure. that was that was memorable. Um, being uh, present when my son was my son was a one day class, yeah, uh, partook in the one day class. Being there when he he went through that's that's memorable. So so he is actually you know fourth generation Mason. And awesome. He's he's at a point in his life where work and family are consuming most of his time, but. Absolutely. You know, hopefully, my hope is someday that uh, he'll be able to do that. Yeah. Um, again, presenting my uh, Schofield masterpiece. Sure. I will forever remember that evening and the brother that were there. Yeah. And of course, being uh, asked and being installed as Grand Tyler. Yeah. I, to me, that was, that's uh, kind of, that is my capstone. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm blessed. I I would have never have dreamed, and you know that that was going to happen. So that's awesome. You know, it's I I love I love when fathers get to bring their sons into the fraternity, and that he's in the fraternity, whether it's in a active role or not that's such a blessing. I'm so happy for you. 
And, you know, I've said it how many times, like, I can't wait. <laughs> Hopefully the day when both of my boys get to do that. And that's, I'm glad that you got to do that and experience it. And one day, hopefully, we're keeping fingers crossed and praying and hey, every other. <laughs> it, it took a little, it took a little convincing and, and we had talked about it. He, he kind of, yeah, him hauled around. So um, I, I actually sat down and wrote him a letter and told him, you know, wow. what I had experienced and the fact that, uh, you know, his grandfather and his great grandfather would be very proud of him. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that a new, what that's a new way to do it. And, you know, I know when I when I first joined, I um, the gentleman that asked me to join Masonry asked me to join York Wright and at the time his father was going through the commandery line and he's like i really like to be a part of that while dad's still active and so mm -hmm. i'm like okay you know i can get on board with that and then at the same time he asked his brother to be a member and his brother isn't in the 24th he's in the 25th district but they wanted to join down here you know together right yep and same thing brother him hauled around about it and he is very active. He's a he's a fireman, and he's I can't think. There's another. He's on like a county emergencies. It's not a not an EMT. I can't think of what it is, but he's busy. We'll just go that. Okay. <laughs> After I, I made a mess of that whole thing, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know that was the thing that he said. He's like, if you join this after dad passes away which their dad is in great health i don't want to you'll regret it because he said he's like i want to join i'm just busy and you know he's like yeah. you'll, they're like you'll regret it the rest of your life that you missed the opportunity to sit and lodge with your dad and i'm glad i'm glad you wrote that letter because you know there's so many opportunities that we miss or say well i'm busy and then you look back on after the moment and it's like, well, the moment was right there and I missed it, you know? So, yep. so that's, that's awesome. Another thing in masonry that I like to go over is why do you continue to do it? You know, a lot of guys come through and they get their master Mason and they're okay with that. That's where their journey, they wanted to be Mason, whether it's family or the ring or however that is. And they continue to pay dues, which is great. That's they live. The, you do not have to be in a lodge to live Masonic values and be a great Mason. You know, and there, there are many men, you know, in East Palestine and across the state and the country that do that. Why do you continue to be active in it? It's uh, my family is my happy place, but also my lodge is my happy place. Sure. Um. I can go, I enjoy the fact that I can go, I can be with men who have the same core values and principles that I do. Um, we can have discussions. Okay. We may not agree, we may not agree, but we still walk away as brother. Yes. It's, we, you know, it's just, it's that one's really hard to put into words. And I guess somebody at one point 
made the comment to me that there are no strangers in masonry, only friends we have yet to meet. Yeah. And there's a lot of truth to that. You, you know, if you see somebody that is a brother, you don't know him, you already have something in common. Yes. And I I truly enjoy meeting meeting the other the other brother and then I can go to lodge and you shut the noise of the world off. Yes. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter whether it's my lodge, if I come to East Palestine, it's the same way. You shut that outside noise off. And I think in today's world, that's that's probably one of the most important things that we do is we we shut that outside noise off. Yeah. And we we talk as brothers. Sure. And like I said, we, we may not, there may be discussions, we may not 100% agree, but we always part upon the square. Yes. And that's, that's what keeps me coming back. You know, the strife that goes on in the world and, you know, whatever that may be, red or blue or Ukraine or whatever, you know, I don't want to get into all religion, you know. There's so many things that we get divided on and whether that's your own personal beliefs or whether that's the media or whatever, the beauty of it is when you go into that area and you and I sit across from each other and I may be the most ardent Browns fan and you're a Steelers fan and I hate Steelers fans. I don't, but you know, but, but you know what I mean? When we're in there and I'm just using that as a base because I don't want it to get into more climactic <laughs> differences you know after the end of that conversation instead of us being mad and hating each other and ruining our evenings we can both agree that the Steelers play great football the Browns front office is terrible <laughs> you know I, I love the Browns but oh my god and but but you know that's the beauty of it and I think that you know, I've seen a few articles where, you know, this is the time for masonry. The world needs masonry mm -hmm. because there's so much line in the sand drawing. And it's, to me, that's the biggest thing is, it's such a cliche thing, but why can't we all get along? <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there are a ton of things I do every day that you might think, Jesus, Jim, why do you do that? But that's just what I like to do and vice versa. And that yep. because you like to do something that, that doesn't, why should that affect me? It doesn't affect me. Why, why let that clutter your head with those problems? Um, how about influential people? Cause there's, there's a, I know I have a list of them that, you know, in my short nine years of masonry that have really guided, directed, or whether they, they may not have personally did something, but emulated to where I want to be that type of Mason or that type of man. Yeah. I, you know, and I think it goes back to, uh, back to my DMLA days. Uh, Dad Chester Hodges was okay. the executive officer for the state of Ohio when I was in DMLA. Um, always a very positive, influential person. Uh, you know, some of the dad advisors that were, were involved in our district in the chapter. But I would say in Blue Lodge, um, I remember the night I first knocked on the door. Sure. And at that time, uh, Worship Brother Chuck McCoy 
was the senior deacon. Okay. And to this day, he is still one of those people. If I need advice. Yeah. He's he guy. always listens. Um, we're from brother Stephen Oliver, who was in line to be grand high priest, uh, passed away before he was actually installed. Um, was very influential in my Masonic career. Sure. Um, kind of guided me through uh, the York Rite buddies and also was uh, very influential in my appointment into the Scottish Rite line down to Dayton, the Princess of Jerusalem line. Sure. Um, another one of those people that I actually knew prior to becoming a Mason um, is Worshipful Brother in Right, excellent past grand commander Dennis Hughes. Sure. Um, Denny, Denny sold uh, agricultural chemicals for a living. Okay. He used to sell to our family business. And I knew Denny before I was ever Mason, never knew he was a Mason. Wow. But, you know, he, he's another one of those brethren that always had time, always listened, uh, was very influential. Uh, in me completing my year as commander, I will share, I, I'm left-handed. Okay. So if you're familiar with commandery, yes. the sword, everything's done with your right hand. I had a Dickens of a time, <laughs> but I made it. Uh, thanks mostly to uh, to Denny and uh, to Steve for their, their uh, encouragement. <laughs> sure. Uh, that. And, and I've been blessed being part of the Valley of Dayton very is very influential in the Grand Lodge of Ohio. Uh, sure. Uh, when I went into Scottish Rite, most worship brother Neil Smalley was actually thrice potent master. Uh, okay. Gave Lodge of Perfection. Uh, and uh, he was the active when I was appointed in the line. Uh, yeah. I've had the pleasure to work with uh, most worship brother C. Michael Watson in degree work. Sure. And my, Mike is just, you know, he's he's an amazing, an amazing man yes. uh, to sit and listen and talk to and just the knowledge uh, that's there. Uh, most worship brother, uh, William P. Mayberry Sr., okay. uh, past grandmaster, uh, was chairman of the executive committee when I was a Scottish Rite sure. uh, officer. Uh, most worship brother, Jim Williams, was the uh, executive secretary for the Valley of Dayton. Okay. Uh, and can't forget uh, Most Worship Brother Terry Posey. Uh, Terry uh, has been influential in my in my Masonic career. As I mentioned, he he installed me my last time as master. He installed me as DEO and, and district deputy as well, which was, you know, an honor for him to, to make the trip north to do that. And Most Worship Brother Doug Kaler, who is still the active in the Valley of Dayton. So, you know, they've all, as we mentioned earlier, they have all shared part of themselves yeah. with me. Whether it's been pushing me back on the correct path. Sure. Uh, <laughs> sure. You know, we all tend to stray from time to time. And, right. and uh, um, so, you know, they've, they've all had a point um, and there, there's another brother that I would like to mention. That's Worship Brother George Moore. Uh, from yes, he belongs to Salina Lodge. He's actually in the Grand Council line. Sure. Um, and George and I have become very close over the years. 
Um, and he's another one of those brethren that I can, I can sit and I can, I can lay my heart out to. And, yes. you know, he's always going to give me the best counsel that he can. So, yeah, I've, there've been rumblings from a few past show guests asking for George Moore. So he, he's, he's on my list now. I've, I got a potential list and George has made yep. the potential. So if you're listening, George, <laughs> wait for yep. the call. I actually had, I had lunch yesterday with George and we, that's something we do every two or three weeks just to, to uh, keep in touch. And uh, I mentioned that I was going to be on today and he was, he was ecstatic about that. So awesome. Let me know when you're ready. I'll, I'll, I'll prod him for you. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I talk all the time about connections in masonry and I, and I don't mean that I always like to phrase frame this as a not connections in the sense of I joined masonry and now I have a better job and a higher status that, not that it's it's the people that you meet and how small the world becomes when you have these connections all over and I was I was looking forward to what your Dennis Hughes story was only because we had had when I joined commandery St. John's commandery over here um, mm -hmm. at that time there was just myself and worship brother Ryan Crisano joining so yeah. that Tuesday I got my order of the temple and then Saturday was their inspection and they invited me back because yep. I, I wanted to see Ryan go through. And, and you know, some of those guys I knew, but the majority of them that I knew were officers, you know, because that's the majority of the guys the yep. most of the time. So I got there. I'm a, you know, new Templar. I don't know who, I don't know anybody really. I don't know who to sit by. And Dennis, and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I don't know what to do with the chapeau. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> and they told me once, but now I'm really nervous. And Dennis grabbed me and he's like, hey, he's like, you look like you don't know where to sit. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. <laughs> he's like, well, you sit right here beside me. And, you know, we talked and he gave he gave me one of his lapel pins. It was my first commandery lapel pin I got. And just made that experience you know when i went up with the chapeau he kind of nudged my arm the right way <laughs> and, you know so that was an experience and that i'll never forget because he really welcomed me into a situation where i wasn't sure so i i love that that connection and that thing where he was he did that all over and that's a cool he did it's another tie-in that I didn't realize that he was familiar with you and we had a little thing together too. So. Yep. Absolutely. Cool thing. Denny, Denny was one of those guys too. You could set him in a room of, of 20 people and he, that he didn't know. And in half an hour, he would know everybody in their life story. Yeah. Just and, easy to yeah. get along with, easy to talk to. Absolutely. Yeah. So we always, come up with the uh membership issue it's all you know happens all over some lodges yeah. better than others and that's a plethora of different things that may be happening what would you tell lodges that aren't sure how to keep those guys coming back those guys that you know you just get through the master mason degree and you never see them again 
how what what's your secret elixir to bring them back or keep them there <laughs> there is no secret elixir, <laughs> as you well know. Right. Um, my thought is and i think uh and my 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 home watch is kind of going through this at the moment where we're we're all back on the ups upswing but we kind of lost that secret sauce so to speak sure I think the, the most important thing is giving the brethren and their families a reason to want to belong. Sure. You know, let, let's, I go back to, to when I was a young man, we had, we had Christmas parties where the families were involved. Yeah. Um, we used, we used to do carry in dinners, you know, before a lodge, maybe once every other month. Uh, the families were involved and the ladies had, you know, they did things. We had a very quick lodge meeting. Um, we have started to do uh, our, our lodge has started to do a once a month education program. Uh, we still have our second state meeting of the month. We open, we, we tend to not do any business that month sure. for that meeting, but uh, we're for brother Brian Kelly, who was our LEO has, done some really creative things for um, an education program. And we're trying to involve our families in that. Um, nice. I think family family is so important to what we do. It's not just our beliefs as Masons, but, you know, it's, we want our families to understand what we believe in yeah. and give us a reason to come with our families. Families, Especially, you know, in your instance, Jim, with the, the young boys, are, you're busy with them. I know how my grandkids are. They're, they're on the go constantly. Yes. But if, if you can find a reason to bring your family with you to lodge, maybe it's, maybe it's going to a baseball game. Maybe it's going to, you know, here we have the Neil Armstrong Museum in Wapakoneta. Maybe it's arranging a tour for for your lodge brothers and their families to go get an inside tour of the museum yeah i i just think it's it's really important that as as the theme for the year is building brotherhood it's right. more than than sitting in that meeting reading the minutes here in the treasurer's report blah 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 that's not what it's about right so we need we need to bring that back i think with covid you know those those two years that we basically lost sure. that in-person contact, and it's not just our organization. You talk to people in Rotary or Optimists, or yeah, you know they're they're struggling too. People got out of that habit, comfortable staying at home. Yeah, yep, yep. absolutely. You're walking down the street. I walk down the street and say. What's that square and compass about on your chest? I, I don't know anything about that. What what does that mean? What is the Grand Lodge of Ohio? That you know puts you on the spot so, here. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm supposed to practice my uh, elevator speech from those special <laughs> brother reigns. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know it 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 means I'm a member of the Masonic Lodge. Sure. And um, we are a fraternity that meets. You know, my lodge meets in St. Mary's, Ohio. Um, we believe in um, charity. We believe in having good moral values. Yeah. And we believe in in 
taking care of widows and orphans. And, you know, we say that all the time, but I, that is something that we really, as a Masonic fraternity, um, we do through our charities. Sure. Uh, not just, you know, Grand Lodge of Ohio, but also Grand Chapter, Grand Council, Grand Commandery, Scottish Rite with the Dyslexia Centers. Um, sure. You know, and people will try Shriners Hospitals. Uh, people don't understand what we do and, you know, for charity. Right. And I think that is a very big, important part that we need to share with people. Sure. You know, I like, I like how the response is basic. It isn't a, a grandiose, it, you know, so you need a straightforward on that yep. answer. You know, if you go right into immediately, we take good men and bake a better and we do this and this and rough Ashler and, then the guy's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> if you read second, and if you read Second Kings, you know you can figure a lot of the stuff out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and and then the next the next question, you know, if he asks, you know, well, why do you do it? You know, then you can go into that, you know, the brotherhood and you know different different thoughts, but still the same brotherhood and you know focusing on all of that stuff you do in the lodge and knocking out all the bad stuff in the world you know what i mean yeah well and i think in today's world versus when you know 40 years ago so many people now at least recognize the square powers i mean yeah. it's 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 out there whether that's a good thing whether sure. that's not a good thing right um there you know there's both sides to that story where oh yeah you know, you need to be prepared either way. Sure. Um, to to have a a discussion with people. So. Yeah. You know, the thing that I always find tricky, and and you're and it kind of leads into that. You get the Illuminati. I that's an that's just an easy big one. You know, conspiracy, and then you know another thing that I like to tell people to be prepped on is how to talk about Prince Hall masonry. Absolutely. Yeah. Be, because when you look at it as an outsider, it looks as a very racist thing. <laughs> like, wait a minute, why is this not, you know? And then we had a, we had a pizza and wings night at our lodge a while ago and we do it every year, but the very first time we were there and that subject came up and there were about nine different guys trying to answer it. And this was before we got it regulated to where we only have three guys that actually do the majority of the talking and the rest are just experience type things. And after that evening, I talked to my brother who came still not a member, but he, he came and Maybe I you need to write him a letter. I, I need to do something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying, but I asked him, I'm like, hey, John, and I knew why he was, he was just there supporting because I asked him and, you know, I was hoping the petition signed, but either way, I knew he, I knew he would give me a straight answer on how it went. He's not a yes man type thing. And he said, he's like, everything went great. He's like, with that Prince Hall thing, you guys sound real racist. And the reason why is because 
the water got so muddied up by everybody trying to explain and there wasn't a straight line somebody saying xyz so that's always something that if i have a new candidate if i have a prospect that comes through i like to come right off the bat with some of that stuff and say hey listen you may hear x y and z if you go on the internet you'll hear all kinds of wild stuff this is the why the when the what to get rid of some of that <laughs> negative yeah. or to, to under to understand yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. absolutely yeah i just i would just like to share that you know carrie and i are truly blessed with the opportunity that we have this year. Sure. Um, and we are so looking forward to meeting the brethren and their ladies as we travel throughout the state of Ohio, um, being ambassadors for the Grand Lodge. Yeah. Um, it's it's truly a humbling experience. Yeah. Uh, to serve. Um, to serve the Grand Lodge and, and, you know, to be asked. And I just, I would like everybody to know that we, we truly are humbled by it. Yeah. And we, yeah. we really do look forward to meeting and traveling and seeing everyone this year. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, Keith, I want to thank you for taking time out of your morning to come on the show. It's I, I've really been looking forward to this. I, I love I love having all my guests on, but there's you know especially when you have a personal connection, and yeah. then you can hear all the other things. So, thank you for taking time out of your day. I really really appreciate it. Thank you, Jim. And I want to thank everybody out there for listening, and we'll see you again. <laughs>